Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. The riderless horses, one's well in front of the field, the other one is well behind the field. So they work to the uh, 600 metre mark and down the hill before the home corner and Nemingar goes to put it to Petrillo. It's Nemingar and Petrillo. They'll straighten up in front. Swanky Sue, she's got a nice little trial into the event now, pushing into the clear two is Merry Old Soul. They're racing down the straight here. Damasquito, Don Archangelo starting to charge down the extreme outside. Down the inside there, right across the track here. Merry Old Soul, Gallic has grabbed them on the outside. Gallic, at the front, Gallic beat Damasquito, Merry Old Soul. And then came Don Arcangelo. He gets excited, he gets animated, but that's what we love about John Bluey Forsyth calling that horse winning in North Queensland. As we say good morning to Tony Clements, how are you, Tony? I'm great, thank you, Steve. Good morning to you and hello, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab. Yes, and we love Bluey's excitement when he's calling the winners home there at Cannon Park at Cairns. That was the most recent heat of the Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland up-and-coming Stayers series where Gallic for Chris Whiteley and Janelle Ryan saluted on Saturday. And as Bluey said in the call, a couple of riderless horses, what happened there was uh, Santa Marinella and Witterick uh, tossed each of their riders, Frankie Edwards and Rachel Shred, respectively. And, of course, as what often happens, happens the uh uh, the riderless horses can tend to play a little bit of havoc through the running of the field, but thankfully they got out in front, didn't cause too much of a drama, and Gallic was able to uh, storm home to beat Damasquito and Merry Old Soul. And we'll update you on the point series of the uh, up-and-coming Stayers series this morning, as well as let you know what the latest news is on the Battle of the Bush after Isis Camella won the most recent heat of Bowen on Saturday, and some big Battle of the Bush news coming up on the show this morning. And two heats of the Outback Racing Showcase series run on the weekend. Favre taking out the Mount Isa Cup and Gypsy Biker winning at Longreach. Lots of news to get through on the show today and as always helping us out with lots of news on Bush Beaters. Rob Black. G'day Rob. Yeah, good morning Tony. Good morning listeners and yeah, an exciting day at uh, Cannon Park up there with that win of uh, Gaelic and I'll get you to update because you are the keeper of the series Tony <laughs> with the Magic Millions Rob Kosh but uh, Chris Whiteley riding in superb form with a double up there and Stephen Massingham coming away, what was it, a treble of yeah. winners up there, and I think the Headley colours in a treble too, Tony. Yeah, no, another big weekend for uh, for Cairns Racing, and that uh, up-and-coming stay series, we are five legs down and three to go. The next leg comes up in Atherton on the 17th of June, so a couple of weeks away to that, and after that win for Gaelic on a Saturday, Janelle Ryan now leads the points tally for the trainers on nine points, ahead of Maria Pateris on five. Maria with Damasquito running second, picked up plenty of points there. Uh, John Kilroy on four, and then there's uh, three other trainers on three points apiece, including Rodney Miller, David Reynolds and John Manselman. The jockeys, it's Lacey Morrison out in front now on eight points. Uh, Chris Whiteley, Rachel Shred, Frank Edwards, Scott Sheargold and Masayuki Abe have three points apiece. Uh, but there's still plenty of uh, heats to go and plenty of points on offer. And with that win, Gallic on six points now leads I Love Rock and Roll and Damasquito on four points apiece. Sieco, Witterick, Savvy Legend and Santa Marinella, three points apiece. As I said, Rob, five legs down, three to go. Uh, and this series is really starting to find its niche. I know it was something that Rob Kosh was very passionate about for many, many years when there uh, appeared to be a lack of suitable staying races uh, in the north of the state. He got together with Racing Queensland, brought Magic Million on board as a sponsor and sadly we lost Rob a couple of years ago but wonderful that his uh, memory lives on with his uh, memorial naming of the uh, the race series here and it's great to be able to see these uh, distance races continue in the north. 
Yeah, Tony, and also great to often see uh, his wife Jane Kosh uh, there in the presentation. So great to see that family association maintained. And, and as you say, it, it's cemented itself now, I think, this particular series and, and gives those horses that need that little bit of longer journey uh, to uh, actually keep performing. But isn't it wonderful, the series that we have added to the country racing? Of course, today, the, the Battle of the Bush, which is um, coming to that final stage, the, the final furlong, if you like. Uh, we'll talk about that later in the show. But uh, you get these other series. We had the Burnett uh, to the Beach, uh, or the Bush. I've got that mucked up, I think, Tony. But um, the Outback Racing Showcase series is is another feature that's occurring through the Central West and the Northwest. And it, they just add that extra dimension, that extra prize money, and that extra um, satisfaction to uh, owners to be participating in it and making the finals. And when we look at the Outback Racing Showcase series, uh, we had one of the heats come up at Longreach on the weekend. But what I found outstanding about this result was the not only the trifecta result for David Rewald, but also for those Rodney Hay colours that we've talked about so much of late. And wasn't it great to see for Rodney to get up in the city with the Barry Lockwood train Petronius in the listed Lightning uh, handicap at Eagle Farm and I think that followed on from another win previous Saturday so Rodney's really enjoying himself with the way his horses are going whether it be country provincial and uh, metropolitan but what an achievement for David Rewald when Gypsy Biker with Robbie Farr led all the way in the Outback Racing Showcase heat at Longreach past the 600 metres and Gypsy Biker, the way he likes to do, roll out in front. Here's Hamel on the outside, Galapagos on the fence starting to run on Dark Archer, Revedere from the back. Forget about the landing on the point of the corner in the Cole Anderson and Laurie Eisen Traeger Memorial and swinging into the straight, Gypsy Biker leads Hamel. Galapagos coming up the outside and here's Revenair starting to drop at the Bory Tree. Gypsy Biker's your leader, Revenair, Galapagos, Gypsy Biker Biker though, strolls clear. Gypsy Biker, two in front, trying hard, Revenair. But Gypsy Biker, that's a double to Robbie Farr, wins, beats Revenair, Galapagos for a Rodney Hay trifecta. That Bory tree is quickly becoming the most famous tree since the old tea trees at Albion Park back in the uh, the days of the gallops being held there, Rob. But it's such a great little landmark that I hope they never lose there at the uh, the Longridge course. And, yeah, a double, as uh, Andrew Watts said there in the call with uh, Robbie Farr saluting on Gypsy Biker in the uh, Outback Racing Showcase. Watts, he's joining us on Bushmeet again this week. G'day, Andrew. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. And yes, the Boree Tree, um, well and truly, it's probably as old as uh, the Longreach Jockey Club, to be honest. <laughs> it's definitely on its last legs, but uh, I can tell you it's going to be staying there. Yeah, no, make yeah, sure you keep me. that. <laughs> Sorry, Tony, um, I missed that. I just say, make sure you keep it. Make it like the uh, remember the old uh, log that they had at uh, Oakbank when the jumps racing used to be held there in South Australia. Uh, that log was starting to crumble away a bit, and it was propped up a bit from underneath. So I can see that somebody there is uh, going to have to get out and make sure that there's a bit of fencing wire or something holds that bory tree up for years to come. Yeah, I think they will. And um, yeah, look, it's a, it's an iconic part of um, of the uh, the Longreach racetrack. But uh, yeah, we just heard Gypsy Biker. 
the Meat Ant Cup winner from this year, um, saluting. Um, Robbie Farr was able to get to the front pretty easy. Uh, Dark Archer pressured it for a little way, but um, he shrugged off uh, Dark Archer down the back and basically dictated to come away and win uh, by a length and a half over Revan Air, which was pretty good. It always gives the impression it's going to go a little bit further, Revan Air, but uh, finished off nicely into second. And Galapagos uh, in third, uh, just an even sort of run, uh, for Brooke Richardson. All three of those trained by David Rewald and owned by Rodney Hay. And uh, gee whiz, Rob, didn't Rodney have a day out Saturday? Hey, he certainly did. As I mentioned before, the lightning handicap Petronius with uh, Barry Lockwood. And, uh, you know, I, I think they were quietly confident hearing uh, from Craig Smith at uh, Cunnamulla about Petronius. Um, so great to see the results. <laughs> and, and he's expanding not only with the... Uh, the country, the provincial and the metropolitan. He's expanding into broodmares. He's really enjoying uh, the, the life with uh, thoroughbreds at the moment. Um, what's he, there's a big meeting for you guys out there on the weekend, not only the birdcage uh, sprint, not only remembering uh, stalwarts like Kyle Anderson and Laurie Eisentrager with the Memorial Race, but uh, just tell our listeners about the, the grand opening of your jockey's room, which featured on a, uh, a race Queensland story, uh, and being hailed as one of the, the model examples of what we can expect with jockeys' rooms down the track. Yeah, it is, Rob, and it was a special day to be able to join by um, Randall Watt, um, Ursula South and Jack Wiedemeyer from Racing Queensland made the trek out to open the jockey room with our um, mayor, Tony Rayner. Look, it, it was a project that came to hand back in December 2021 and, of course, um, lots of costs and things have changed, but we were able to get it up and built. And um, it's something we're really proud of um, from the Jockey Club perspective. Um, it's built to the modern age. Um, in saying that, we know we have, have a lot of female jockeys as well as men jockeys, um, disabled rooms and a new secretary's office as part of the $305,000 project, uh, which was um, partly fund funded by um, the t asset team at Racing Queensland. They chipped in uh, $225,000 and the Jockey Club footed the other $80,000. Um, look, for a start, it's, it's a wonderful position to be able to be in uh, from the Jockey Club to, to be able to contribute to that. And, of course, uh, it's wonderful, again, the example of Racing Queensland. Um, if you're proactive from a club sense to be able to firstly find these funds and, and use them and utilise them and bring, um, you know, the club's minimum standards and infrastructure up to scratch and, look, it's it's going to be our jockey room for the future, you know. it's uh, It won't be going anywhere. It's well and truly uh, designed locally using local contractors, which was a big part of um, Racing Queensland's um, country racing program to, to make sure that the money stayed local and uh, George Kent and Kent Construction did a wonderful job with that as well. So it was a special day and um, the racing uh, was good as well and you did mention the birdcage sprint and uh, New York World uh, won that race for Boy Foster. It was a second leg of Boy and Timmy Brummel's uh, double on the day. New York World uh, sat back off a pretty strong tempo and uh, exploded over the top to beat Flash Fibian for David Rewald and Robbie Farr. And old Shigeru Mahogany ran a good race, being only beaten a length for Raymond Williams and Emma Bell. The day started uh, with a horse that you called in Tambo winning a maiden, uh, Rob, Dizzy Devine, and it's gone back-to-back -back for the four ladies in racing syndicate. Uh, another wonderful story out here of uh, a couple of ladies from Junder and the Bush getting together, buying a horse, and 
Uh, that's that's the first part of the story. But to be able to win two out of two uh, is wonderful. And, and the second part of the story was young Nikki Olzard, apprentice to Adrian Coombe in Rockhampton, making the trek out and riding her first winner. I saw she rode one yesterday at Thangould as well. Um, she had a good day, actually, Nikki. Uh, beat Tamsin for Rodney Little and Johnny Rudd, and Luna Glide was in third. Race two, Plums Akimbo, uh, atoned for a pretty poor um, first up run in the West. Uh, had a little bit of a break. There was a few issues. And they came out and won really well on Saturday in the O'Brien's Garrup's Cutest Maiden 1200. Uh, Richard Simpson and Robbie Farr combining. That was the first leg of Robbie's winning double. Of course, we heard him winning on Gypsy Biker uh, at the start of the program. Beat Valiant Joan, a new one for Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel. And Hot Rod Jack, uh, a maiden victory for that horse is just around the corner. Patrick O'Toole and Nicky Oldzard. Probably the ride of the day and the win of the day came in race three, the TJF Milk Benchmark 55 in the shape of Sharpe Ruler uh, for Ray Cowboy Herman and Dakota Graham. Uh, this horse again saddled back off the pace and uh, there was a needle-eye gap at the Boree Tree uh, 200 metres from home and Dakota Graham took that gap and uh, came away to win by three quarters of a length over really, really good, who was really good uh, from the back, finishing in second for Patrick O'Toole and Nicky Olzard. And he's a gem, uh, an ever-consistent run for Tony Schofield and Matty Gray. And the other race on the card was uh, another one of those um, races that are so important out here in the bush uh, Is was the Gordon Popeye Saunders Memorial over, 16, over 1,400 metres of benchmark 60. And it was an all-the-way win for Bittersweet Pluck for Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel. Um, Big win. Uh, one by four and three quarter lengths over Selig Island and Patrick uh, for Patrick O'Toole and Wiki uh, finishing in third for David Rewald and Robbie Farr. But uh, it was a case of bittersweet pluck. Uh, when he's on his day, Rob, uh, we know how he loves to roll along. And uh, that, that wasn't a bad six, uh, benchmark 60 race. And that seems to be his level. But on that win, um, you wouldn't put an open out of the question. Yeah, he's one of those horses, as often when Timmy Brummel's with Boy Forster, if they uh, roll along and get to the front, they certainly uh, produce the goods. And that uh, stable going extremely good. You mentioned Nikki Olzard. Yeah, she had that winner at Than Ghoul on Monday for her master in uh, Adrian Coombe on Roger Express. But, yeah, you're right. She had a good day, didn't she? The, uh, the win and three minor placings for her four rides. And it's a great track for young apprentices to be coming out to uh, Watsi because it not only gives all horses a, a good chance, but it's designed in a way, I think, that that, that track uh, allows for competitive but very safe riding. Yeah, it really does. And, and I think uh, another point to that is to um, the local trainers. Look, we know jockey numbers are sometimes a bit hit and miss out here in the West. And um, people like David Rewald and Patrick O'Toole having the faith um, to put the four kilo girl on, um, which they hadn't seen ride before in their defence, and um, look, they they all got um, well ridden horses, and hopefully we see Nikki out uh, here again in the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely, and um, <clears throat> it's uh, one of those. Well, it's, we've we've mentioned it quite often on uh, Bushbeat in recent years. The importance of these young apprentices getting out, not being exposed too quickly to the uh, televised TAB, whether they be country or provincial TAB meetings, come out, get the experience, ride with these uh, very experienced jockeys and learn as much as you can. Um, but, Watsi, we're going to cover with you this morning your whole areas that I know you like to go and, um, and call at uh, because you also venture um, way up to uh, Mount Isa as well. And uh, when we go up there to uh, the Mount Isa meeting, we continue with that Outback Racing Showcase uh, heat that came up there. And uh, look, Favra 
he took this particular race, the Trevor Morris Builders Mount Isaac Cup, which featured as the uh, showcase heat. Uh, I wasn't. Un- I was a little bit unsure about Fabra being over this sort of journey. You know it much better than me. But uh, the Jay Morris train, and and I must say, the other thing when we go through these results in a moment, there were some uh, really good price winners coming out, not only of Longreach but the Mount Isa meeting. But was Fabra a little bit of a surprise result there when you had horses, <coughs> excuse me, like Zumarata and Factory Warrior that filled the placings? Was it a little bit of a surprise to you to see Fabra get up with the win? Uh, yes and no. I spoke to Jay last week, Jay Morris, uh, the trainer of Fabra, and look, he was uh, probably a little bit disappointed in his run at Cloncurry in the Battle of the Bush Heat, but he was confident that he would back up well. Um, he raced in the same pattern last year where he he placed and then backed up over the 1450. Um, I agree. My big query was the distance, but when you watch the race, and um, it, was, it was a pretty exciting finish with Favre just um, nosing out Factory Warrior. And if you look at the form line, Zumarada's been probably the form horse in the northwest. It's actually been beaten a touch over five lengths. So these horses have come right away. They've run 129.45, which is a good time at Mount Isa. Uh, the winner ridden by Jay, uh, Greg Walters. So great to see Greg up there getting a double on the weekend. Uh, Factory Warrior, this is the horse I've really got to watch on moving forward into that showcase final. He was second up for Damien Finner and Jason Babarovich on Saturday, formerly trained by Mark Curry. Um, look, he's a, he's a bold front-running horse, Factory Warrior, and I think third up he'll be peeking into McKinley. And, of course, Zumarada uh, has been so good this year as well. Uh, he'll take his place and um, certainly give Sean and uh, Esco a good sight there in the final. Yes, <laughs> Having a look at the it? other winners... I've got, got to comment on Zumarata, mate, because, um, you know, this horse was a maiden runner that regularly was placing fourth and fifth and this sort of thing, and uh, then he's just strung all the wins together. And uh, it was really good to see. Before you go on some of the results here, I mean, there was a double there for Jay Morris with Logomania and James Baker, but you were on a on a uh, think tank, a panel, if you like, where there were incentives for trying to get jockeys out to the country areas, and the Northwest has been put forward as uh, the zone where there is a trial taking place. Could you just tell our listeners about what you know of the uh, the incentive of getting uh, support to two jockeys, I think it is, per meeting to the Northwest? Yeah, there's basically a um, a refund process where these jockeys, uh, if they get in and book, I'm not sure of the process, if it's through Cole or through Racing Queensland, where two travelling jockeys will get their money uh, returned to them for their air flights. Um, look, it's... And, and there's a lot of arguments either way with with how this is done right or done wrong and plenty of different opinions and look I think everybody understands that there's not a, a one-size-fits-all solution to this problem however it is allowing two more jockeys to ride in the northwest it's allowing 10 to 12 horses to get a run on a meeting so it is solving the problem in in that direction and look the, the concepts in its infancy and I do believe um, there will be some changes made to this and some new areas added. But um, fast-forwarding to next Monday, there is a, 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 a sort of a follow-up from our original conversation, which happened back in February um, with, um, obviously, the likes of Racing Queensland. Uh, also, there's been um, Tanya Parry, I know, will be attending, and um, I put forward that Emma Bell, um, it would be a great person to talk about their experiences um, from Tanya's perspective, getting jockeys as a trainer. And, of course, Emma, um, as I always say, we classify her as local, but she does travel 10 hours round trip, long reach to, to uh, Clermont in her car. So very interesting to see her costs and, you know, as opposed to, you know, 
uh, jockeys flying everywhere as well. Jeff Felix, another great example. So um, we'll be having a discussion on Monday and then, of course, um, from there, um, see what's working, what's not working. And, and as I said, there's no one-size-fits-all policy to this. I think it's just trial and error. And, um, you know, maybe one type of uh, rebate might be valid in one area that doesn't work in another and vice versa. So uh, it's, it's great to be a part of it and, um, and hear the different ideas because... Um, I think uh, Cameron Partington was one that joined the last meeting. He had some wonderful ideas um, from from their perspective as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll know more after Monday uh, for next time we, yeah. we catch up on Bush Pete. I, I think the important thing is to see the progress. There's been the approach made in February. There's actually progress with an outcome, uh, a trial outcome in place, and uh, we wait to uh, hear more. But uh, looking further... At that meeting up there, it's really good to see jockeys like David Sparks and Greg Walters um, continuing in winning form and uh, James Baker. But I've got to really admit, Barra, boy, he's riding in some sensational form and his combination with Melissa Berry with Barra Cello, uh, another interesting horse in the cutest class three plate that defeated all at sea and flying Euros. Uh, they're really getting a little strong team together there and uh, getting some good results. Yeah, they are, and it's um, and and Mel and Barra, they they work really hard um, year in year out. Um, they've been around a bit. They've been in Mount for quite some time now, and yeah, they do have a pretty good team at the moment. Barrichello, a uh, horse that's been purchased um, with a Birdsall Cup in mind, and uh, look, I was talking to Jason last week, and and the off option was there to go forward to the, the Mount Isa Cup or stay in a Class 3 and, and he, he advised that he'd, he'd go that path and, and try and get an, an easy kill and that's what he did. Uh, he won by a length and a quarter over All at Sea who was really good in the race and Flying Euros uh, finished in third, the second and third horses trained by Tanya Parry. Uh, early in the day Carbors got the uh, program off to a start for Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslie. A big win over Devil uh, by two and a half lengths and Bella the Hunter finished in third position. A big prize winner was Taboo in the Maiden um, dropping back out of a 45 at Cloncurry to its own grade one well um, that was uh, trained by Tanya Perry in the first leg of Greg Walters winning double, a one by half length over Colonel Von Trapp and Golf of Akbar uh, Media Rano uh, for Sean Royce and David Sparks won the uh, Copper Mart, uh, $10,500 for two connections. Media Rano um, got beat in the Battle of the Bush heat at Cloncurry and backed up nicely. I see Media Rano in the uh, Battle of the Bush nominations for Barcald on Saturday as well. Uh, boot Z- beat Zumi Con and uh, Kato finished in third. Busy finish there, just half length covering the top three horses. And uh, the other race we haven't spoken about was the second of James Baker's uh, Second of Jay Morris's winning double and James Baker on Logo Mania, uh, winning the benchmark 55 over 1,200 metres, beating Specific Journey and Sogni. And just a shout-out to Jay and his uh, committee. The, their Calcutta night uh, on Friday night went well, and uh, they managed to sell their auction horse for a tick over $18,000, which is uh, a wonderful concept uh, by the club, again, just to uh, work on getting new owners into racing. Yeah, we were yeah, applauding them last week saying what a great idea and it might be that sort of shared idea that uh, other clubs might look at uh, taking up. Uh, well done to be able to uh, to get uh, 18000 for that and bring hopefully more owners into the area. Boys, we were talking about the Outback Racing Showcase Series and that did wrap up with that Mount Isa Cup and the race at Longreach there on the weekend. The points tally really doesn't mean anything other than to assist with the making up of the, the final field that uh, will happen at McKinley. 
uh, coming up with the McKinlay Cup on the 24th of June, but for the record, and it was interesting to see uh, what's he with that uh, race at Mandizer. Um, Danawi, 26 points, ended up in front of Zumarata on 25, even though Zumarata ran third, and I think Danawi ran fifth or something. Sixth might have been, but still picked up some points and was able to sneak slightly ahead. Caffrey on 21, Gypsy Biker, 17 points with that win at Longreach on the weekend. Doom also on 17, Louis the Legend on 14, and uh, Waitakere on 12 points. Just to explain for us how that does work out with that McKinley Cup final. So it's um, it's I think you you have to have raced in a, a heat of the Outback Showcasing um, final uh, of a heat of the to be eligible for the final. So the McKinley Cup um, is now the final of the Showcase Racing Series. So you have to have qualified through another race. So it's not like most other cups where you can turn up and, and win your local cup. Uh, probably the important thing to note. Uh, Tony and Rob is that unfortunately due to uh, where the Mount Isa show sits this year, McKinlay and Alpha are both on the same weekend so um, two good priced um, cups or good prize money cups will be racing on the same day so a lot of that point system I think will become a little bit irrelevant for McKinlay. I think it'll be a case of um, what horses nominate there as opposed to, to going to Alpha. Um, but it's certainly a great concept, um, especially for the horses to get out to that journey, that 16, 15, 16 and 1,700 metres in the heats. And, um, look, it's, uh, it is a good concept. All these We hear your report on all these different series around Queensland or... Um, this is one. I think it's in its fourth or fifth year, Rob. I think originally the final was at Richmond, uh, the first yeah. one. Yeah, and and that clash you talk about has has happened at at uh, odd times in the past. And yes, you're right. They a horse has got to have earned uh, points in a minimum of one of the heats and have competed in a minimum of three uh, races at uh, country races. And of course, with the uh, Battle of the Bush Heat coming up at Bar Alden on the weekend, horses like Grand Palazzo, which won the uh, Tambo Cup, is headed that way first, but maybe we'll come back to the Outback Showcase or there may be something at at um, Alpha as well. And what's he and Tony, out of those two meetings too, very important when you look at the Queensland Country Trainers Premiership and the uh, Jockeys Premiership, Billy Johnson uh, has extended his lead over Tanya Parry, 38 to 35, with John Manselman on 31. Robbie Farr has really shot out to an eight-point lead, 39 to Tyler Leslight's 31. And a real interest in the apprentices here uh, because Amy Graham is getting closer to Tyler, 31 for Tyler, 27 for Amy Graham and Brooke Johnson on 25. So these results coming out of the Central West and the North West um, are playing a big role in determining those premierships. But um, what's he had the fortunate experience to uh, go to another track that you regularly call that. And, uh, of course, Brett Moody, I think, between the two of you, you put my name in and I said, yeah, I'll drive out to Cunnamulla. But what was great about Cunnamulla, I'll talk about a lot more in a moment, but in terms of the Battle of the Bush, we actually had a heat winner into his his penultimate uh, race, if you like, uh, going forward to the final in hand dynasty for Billy Johnson and Savannah McCann riding a very heady race to take out the open plate at Cunnamulla on the weekend. He, he's a he's a nice horse hand dynasty and and uh, I um, <laughs> I put my neck on the line and said he was a um, a moral and on uh, on Saturday particularly I like him from that wide draw being able to carve across a thousand metres is right up his alley but there were a few nervous moments for the backers of the odds on favourite where Mashani Operator who is a winner on the track uh, got very very close and uh, it was an actual 
Um, they struck the line locked together, didn't they? But Hand Dynasty held on from Mashani Operator and Vinaigrette. Um, Rob, it's so close to a win as well. Yep, Vinaigrette's the one, I think, on the way up. But uh, I think Hand Dynasty is one of those horses that he, he he knows how to fight at the end. I know he's got a very proven track record with the uh, the sand and dirt track surfaces. Uh, we'll he- hear that race very shortly. But uh, he's a Raphael's cat. He's only four-year-old. He's won four of his last five. He heads now to a race closer on the coast, uh, according to Billy Johnson. Uh, and Savannah McCann didn't panic in it whatsoever. Uh, just had the whip in the left hand and was able to uh, get the best out of it and going across the line. Yeah, it was a, a close margin, but he was able to fend them off and really fight hard to the line, Tony. Here's the race replay. The Cunnamulla Coffee Shop open plate from the weekend. Han Dynasty, wide on the track. They come down to the 600 metres mark. Can't cross at this stage as Bashani Operator goes up on the inside. No debt. And look at Muron putting itself into the race around the outside. Almost a line of four again as Vinaigrette at the uh, 400 metres coming to the home turn. Just drifts back two lengths away. And VC widest runner on the turn. Han Dynasty, crack with the whip as they straighten up. Bashani Operator slipped up on the inside. Vinaigrette comes through the centre. Muron down the outside. Uh, Han Dynasty battling hard. Mashani Operator coming hard. Mashani Operator, Han Dynasty. They go to the line and Han Dynasty. Top weight gets it by a nose. Over. Mashani Operator. Then we go back to Vinaigrette and improve. Sound like you had a good crowd there on Saturday as well, Robert Cunnamulla. Yeah, Tony, it's a a great track to have the experience to call at uh, at Cunnamulla. Uh, with Han Dynasty getting up with the barest of margins and Andrew and of course Brett Moody knows this only too well but I I just want to say a few things about uh, Cunnamulla um, it's again an example of a club that's got tremendous pride and ownership in what they do for country racing uh, look they they may not have the most up-to-date uh, modern new facilities but they are again a club like Andrew was saying before with Longreach Jockey Club applying for grants they're in the process they've, they've got a couple of uh, containers uh, ship containers there ready to be converted into new jockeys rooms and stewards rooms uh, they've got a $25,000 grant to improve the access to the, uh, the, the judges and calling stands so they're progressing forward at all times and this comes down to I think whatever whoever is on committees uh, they have this tremendous sense of pride and ownership. And, and of course, uh, they're led by President Perry Higgins. Perry took the opportunity to even drive me around the track. Uh, and, of course, Liz Land, uh, uh, what's he knows as secretary, how well Liz looks after you. She even checked that I make sure I got home safely to the Gold Coast. Yep. But <laughs> you were quite right about the food that's there, whether it be morning tea or afternoon tea. But I discovered a couple of things. Uh, one thing I think I don't know, about six people say to me, what did you think of our track? They are so proud in that track and the way that they've stood up, put their hand up and covering meetings for Charleville. But I found out, I think it was Red, uh, 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 and, uh, was telling me uh, in the bookmakers area that when Randwick was built, there was a couple of wealthy uh, graziers who actually flew up the guy who put the Randwick track down straight after he had finished and got them to design that track at Cunnamulla. So as you as you find when you look at it, it's a sweeping turning situation, but every horse gets a wonderful opportunity to perform well on that particular track, and they were coming from the back. Uh, when you looked at the first race, the Verisdale was in the centre of the track, in peace and all-too-hard runner for James Patch and uh, James Hatch and uh, Brendan Newport, 
it uh, stormed down the outside of the track and Para Park Makeup was back on the rails. And then uh, James and Brendan, now we talk about jockeys going out and supporting meetings. Brendan Newport's doing another really good job of this as an experienced jockey. He was at Tambo. He came up with a race-to-race double with James Hatch with Lenroy that had come off a couple of placings at Cunnamulla, defeated Keen's Zap and Sacred Stream. And then Bally Castle, that seems to be a winner rather than a place-getter. Uh, three wins from six. He's two from four at the track. He stormed down the outside like In Peace did in the very first race to get up over the last start winner, our golden cherub and cookie kangaroo. Uh, and one to watch, Andrew, I think, down the track. In that last race over the 1,400, Wayne Baker produced unrestricted and unencumbered. It's been in its money, only other runs for the stable. Uh, Amy Graham uh, shared the lead with Tango Tino. Funky Farm was improving around them, but uh, unrestricted, dominant in the end, winning by two and a quarter over Tango Tino and Funky Farm. But I got a little bit of a tip from Brett Moody when I was out there. Uh, a shout-out particularly to uh, David Crockett Power. Uh, what a job as a bookmaker. 49 years as a bookmaker, standing there at uh, Cunnamulla on the weekend. Started in September 1978. And what's he? I said to him, well, surely you're going to go for 50. And he said, yep. I tend to retire at Charleville when our track should be back and running, and most certainly we hope so, on uh, Melbourne Cup Day for their Charleville Cup meeting, and that'll ring up the uh, the 50 years for uh, Crockett Power. And, uh, look, they've been wonderful, him and Red going around the tracks in that area. Wonderful service um, to those particular areas of the southwest. And uh, we certainly really hope that track does come back at uh, Charleville. But keep an eye out on run Unrestricted and I think also Muron out of that meeting, mate, when you're going uh, further west than Longreach uh, with the calling in coming weeks. Yeah, no, um, I echo your, your comments there about um, Crockett, a uh, wonderful character around the racetrack. Uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, get to know him uh, over the past few years with a few car trips, etc. And, uh, yeah, one of the best blokes you'll meet. And, of course, a bit of a uh, handing over the torch to the pass of the baton because uh, daughter Brooke um, has mm-hmm. her bookmaker's licence as well. So uh, you might see B power instead of D power. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure sure we will. But, look, a wonderful experience to call it that track. I can see why you guys enjoy it every time you... Uh, go out there. I'd, I'd just like to see a few more towns in between Dolby and Cunnamulla. I'm used to outback driving, but that was a new experience about 300 kilometres between each key point along the way, but I tell you what, Liz Land and the team, they do, they do a marvellous job out there and uh, really look after you, and I was, I was really pleased to have the experience. Where do you head to uh, next weekend? Yeah, Bark Alden um, this weekend for the last heat of the Battle of the Bush, or just had a sneak peek at um, the nominations. There are around about 100 noms for their six races, wow. 17 in the Battle of the Bush uh, qualifier. So um fair bit to sort out between now and Saturday. Come back with us next Tuesday on the show, if you will, Botsy, as much as we'll have the uh, the final acceptances. Uh, no, they come out the following uh, day, but uh, we'd love to have a bit of a chat with you uh, next week about that bar called and heat and, and uh, get ready to, to start previewing and start dissecting all of these pieces of the puzzle of the Battle of the Bush final. Look forward to it. Thank you, uh, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Good morning, listeners.
Andrew Watts there with us on Bushbeat. And just mentioning that, Rob, yes, nominations for the final close 11am Monday, June 12. So as much as the final's not until Eagle Farm on Tattersall's Tiara Day on the 24th of June, uh, as is the usual case, the noms and the acceptances uh, close off that little bit ahead of time to be able to uh, allow everyone to work out their travel logistics and everything like that. So don't get caught out, owners and trainers. Nominations for the Battle of the Bush final Eagle Farm close 11am Monday, June 12. Acceptances are due 10am. Wednesday, June 14. Uh, jockey declaration then isn't until the following Wednesday, midday Wednesday the 21st, and then uh, final scratchings, of course, on the race day morning. And as Watsy just said, Rob, uh, the last heat is going to be this coming Saturday uh, on the grass track of the Outback at Bar Calden. And just a quick check on the calendar ahead. It's also in June Cup Day Saturday, Gainer Cup Day on Saturday, plus race meetings at Moranbar and Richmond. That all follows on from the tap programs this week. Today at Dolby, Thursday at Mackay, Friday at Gatton, Toowoomba and Townsville race Saturday. It's the two-year-old classic at uh, Townsville at Cluden Park. And Cairns have a tab program next Monday. So it's another busy week coming up. Oh, definitely. But um, <clears throat> I was mentioning earlier about how well Rodney Hayes' team's going. But how about Corey and Kylie Gearan and the success they're having not only in provincial but country tracks. And another cup went their way on the weekend out, out at Gundawindi where you had that situation where the Jeff Hannaford Inglewood Cup was run at Gundawindi over 1,200 metres. And, of course, uh, young owner Kobe O'Brien and team on track to see Torbreck take home this year's Gun uh, Inglewood Cup. Fitzroy Boy is still a handsome leader coming to the 400. Three quarters on Torbreck. The rider on Torbreck's waiting for the horse to balance when they straighten. Forget the others, I reckon they're out of it. Bentley, Magic, Cappuccino and also Mount Batten into the straight. Looks a race in two here. On the inside, Fitzroy Boy, the local galloper. The crowd cheers, the syndicate cheers. On the outside, Torbreck. Torbreck lays down the challenge. Fitzroy Boy, Torbreck, they go to the line. Torbreck with a boil over. Good on you, Brett Moody. A long head on the line, I'd reckon, a long neck on the line to Fitzroy Boy. Yes, Mr. B.M. Moody, part of that big syndicate along with KO Racing and Mr. C.G. Gearin and a whole heap of others. There's about 25 names that seem to be a part of the ownership of this uh, Sebring gelding. And that was, I think, one of three winners that KO Racing uh, had. I start to lose track, Rob. They've had that many in recent times. Uh, Kobe and his uh, various syndicates have just been racing up a storm in recent times, as have the Gearin stable out of Toowoomba. And as you said, maybe the uh, the sign should have been for bookmakers. Uh, not so much of a boil over as Fitzroy Boy was the $2 favourite and Torbreck the two twenty second elect in the field of five. But if the syndicate leader is on track wearing a nice shirt and the, and the jeans aren't ripped, you should probably be jumping on that horse. He knows he's ready for a photo. Yeah, he might. He made the trip out there and he found it a little bit long, I think. I don't think he got back to Toowoomba for the last race winner there as well or whichever race <laughs> it was, but great to see that result for Torbreck. And also Landon Sykes, uh, because that became the second leg of the double for Landon after the Corey and Kylie Gearin uh, winner, uh, Gertie Goa, in the first race, the rating span 0 to 55, defeated Golden Groove and easy come. So uh, Landon was another jockey, was out at Tambo. He's at Gundawindi this weekend, a young apprentice, and gets the double on the day. But uh, Olivia Cairns also went all the way out there. She got the cutest money with Quest of Quest, and now with her relocation down to that southeast corner, it's good to see some winners coming her way. This spill the beans got up over the other cutest runners in Detroit Girl and uh, Missy's Ready. And, of course, the uh, other winners on the program, Louvre Lil, uh, Shannon Apthorpe kicked home for Gary Thwaite, the uh, Myra Zara five-year-old mare in the benchmark 50 over Martini Dancer and Striking Princess. 
And Leanne McCoy and Mark Curry, not to be disappointed for the Curry Stable. They quinelled the final event, idling by over Bovatsky and every now and then. Um, but that result out of Gundawindi, I think it uh, it wasn't a boil over. I think it was more that Fitzroy Boy is such a local hometown cult hero uh, that everyone was cheering for that. But uh, Kobe O'Brien would have been leading the cheers quite loudly for Torbrecht. We mentioned at the beginning of the show the importance of the Battle of the Bush. Well, this qualifier that was up in Bowen on the weekend, um, what a great result there for Kevin Miller and Warwick Southerly, who, if you read Tony McMahon's uh, writing of articles on uh, Facebook uh, and all the details, Warwick Southerly is really making a name for himself in the Rockhampton area. And a great ride on Isis Kamala for Kevin Miller, this Bella Spree four-year-old mare. Uh, it's one from 1,100 to 1,300 now, this particular mare. I like the fact she's a mare in form. She ran second in the Emerald Heats behind Arwenichi, second in the Gladstone Heat behind Mr Larrabee. She's one out to a distance, I think, that suits the 1,200 metres. She can come from behind. Can she, she can be on the pace. And she was too strong in the end for the outsider star Hatton and Focus. So she really adds a good dimension to the Battle of the Bush final. And, Tony, the fact that her races tend to have been spaced well since December. She's only had eight runs since December and seems to perform very well with that ability to have a little bit of a gap between races. Now goes into the final. I'm sure Kevin Miller will be heading there and a great result there for the stable. It was a day of trebles for Johnny Manselman and Aaron Malloy. Aaron um, kicked home for Josh Manselman, a winner in the first with Flaming Asteroid that took uh, 36 starts for its maiden win, nine minor placings. Great to see the patience persevering, defeating the John Manselman Burkamp, an Olympic motto. Uh, but then Aaron combined in the final event of the day uh, for the one of her wins of her treble with Johnny Manselman, Brazen Brescia, the five-year-old that... Um, uh, that John's got back into that winning form. It's had uh, about 16 runs for the stable, but it's been in the placings its last three or four, including um, two when Aaron's been on board. So ability to roll along in front, kick clear over Aidan Abet for Joshua Manselman, which reversed the result from the first race on the day. Spanish Beans into third. And Aaron's other winner, of course, came on Chalkley for David uh, Mikolev, um, the Panzer Division uh, runner, defeating Tactical Illusion and so Adelia. Now, Johnny Mansman's other winners came with Mashani Rebel. It was uh, second up after the run at Gladstone the previous week. Jade Doolan kicking this one home, and congratulations to Jade, riding her first provincial winner at Rocky on Friday and saw that coming for John Wigington. Uh, a good result, and now backs it up with a winner at um, Bowen, defeating Newitt and she's marvellous. And John took out the Class B as well with Tycoon Baby that won its maiden at Mackay last Saturday, the written tycoon, backing up with a win, defeating Stablemate, Whiskey Row, and Hypothesize in for third. But uh, a really good uh, day's racing, as usual, at Bowen, and a real degree of interest, I think, added to the Battle of the Bush final, Tony, with Isis uh, Caramella. We've got uh, one last job to do before we wind up Bushbeat for the other uh, week, and we might have saved the best for last. It's normally around this time a couple of weeks out, 
that uh, we get to make the announcement of uh, who the guest caller is going to be. There's been a lot of high-level negotiations going on behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks or so to uh, work out uh, who is, uh, well, not so much next in line, Rob, but, uh, yeah, who is going to be worthy to be able to, I guess, uh, accept the baton and be the uh, the next Battle of the Bush caller. There's been some great calls uh, down through the, uh, the years that we've been doing all of this, that and the Country Cups and the Country Stampedes. And I'm absolutely thrilled to announce this morning that Tony Wode from Townsville is going to be coming down to Brisbane to Eagle Farm on Tattersall's Tiara Day on June 24 uh, to call the Battle of the Bush final for 2023. You might remember Tony called the 2019 version of the Country Cups Challenge when Deadly Choices won that year. Uh, so this almost you know, brings home his state of origin double header. Uh, he's called it Dermot. Now he gets the chance to call it Eagle Farm. He's done a Country Cups. Now he gets the chance to, to do a Battle of the Bush. And we know and, and love Tony's calls from Townsville for many, many years. He's going to do a great job. Oh, yeah, it becomes a pinnacle, I think, when you combine it with the call of the country cups with deadly choices, now the Battle of the Bush. And, uh, look, you, you, Tony's one of the great callers throughout Australia, as far as I'm concerned. He, he's accurate, he's fluent, he's exciting, and, boy, can't he pick a photo finish. I remember one year at the Gold Coast, a field of about 14, and he nailed the nose by a nose uh, so uh, easily. Uh, it, it was a, a real eye-opener to watch uh, such a professional at work. So, well done to uh, Tony Wade and we'll have him on the show uh, down the track, Tony, in coming weeks. Yeah, as we said, nominations for the final close Monday at 11am, Monday, June 12. This coming Monday, acceptances are Wednesday, the 14th of June, uh, with jockey declarations the following week. So next week, we're going to wrap up the last piece of the puzzle from the uh, the bar Calden leg with Watsy. We might get Watsy back on with his final thoughts on the final, uh, as much as it might be uh, pre-barrier drawer and, and bookmakers markets and things like that. But I'm sure that we'll grab Tony as well to have a bit of a chat. But wonderful to be able to uh, announce that news this morning. Morning on Bushby. Been a big show this morning. Oh, definitely covered a lot of territory, not only in travelling uh, miles, but in uh, results across the state. Email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au if you've got any great stories about country racing. And uh, back next week again as we come to the culmination of the Battle of the Bush Heats across country Queensland. Good morning Good to you, you Tony. Good morning, week. listeners. Rob Luck and uh, Andrew Watts, we thank you both for being a part of the show today. Thank you too to everyone uh, tuning in as you do each and every week to our wrap-up of all of the news of country racing. Good luck to the clubs racing this weekend. Bar called and Injun gained to Morambar and Richmond. And as always, we're back next Tuesday on Radio Tab to wind up all of the news there on Bushbeat.